Thanks for choosing the You Thought Podcast. Uh, be sure to leave us a review if you do like it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And go check us out on YouTube where we're posting uh, some segments and a little bit of our solo shows on there. I, of course, am Wyatt and joined by Lucas, Bart, Aiden, and Jared. And we're just going to run right into this first topic here. Jamal Adams finally got traded and a price has been paid for him. He forced his way out of New York after continuously slandering, slandering the organization several times, uh, talking about, about the head coach and the owner. Seattle is controversially paid two first-rounders, a third-rounder, and veteran Bradley McDougald. Aiden, as the Jets fan, I'm going to ask you, what are your thoughts on this trade? I mean, life is sad, and that's just – that always has been and continues to be sad. And so, honestly, like, I saw this as something that was just, like, a foregone conclusion um, at this point. And given that I was at that point, um, I think the Jets did pretty well on this one. Um, the Seahawks, notorious for <laughs> giving up their first-round picks, throwing them to anyone who will take them. Uh, yeah, give them two first-rounders. Again, they'll, they'll probably be end-of-first-round picks. Um, but honestly, it didn't seem like a salvageable situation for the Jets, especially if Adam Gase is still going to be here for the moment, which looks like he will, at least for the for the start of the regular season. Um, but what's interesting, what was most interesting to me was that, well, we all know that Jamal Adams earlier in the offseason was like, I want to be a Jet for life, like, j- just pay me. Um, and the Jets apparently, you know, didn't pay him. But now the Seahawks like said that they will also not be giving him an extension soon because the league salary cap might drop this year. So mm. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I don't trust that Jamal actually ever had any intention of staying with the Jets. Um, I think that he well, just wanted to get out at all costs. I think to make his price a little bit sweeter is that he wasn't no. going to set out and demand an extension no matter where he got traded. Because I know mm-hmm. that Jalen Ramsey last year also mm-hmm. did the same thing where he said, mm-hmm. trade me, I don't need an extension right away. I'll go ahead and play for a new team. So I'm yeah. not like shocked that the Seahawks that they weren't going to sign him. Um, yeah. I mean, if I, especially now if they have two more years of Jamal Adams of paying him <laughs> on a lower salary, mm-hmm. I don't see why you don't take that, uh-huh. right? And you take him up no. on that. It's it's definitely and, a smart move from the Seahawks' point of view. I, I, oh yeah, no, it's definitely. And and there and I think the Seahawks. I think this was a desperate move by the Seahawks, but I think it was definitely the right move. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting that they're definitely in like the business of winning championships right now. Yep. I know yeah, Russell yeah. Wilson said that. He said, I want to play until I'm in my 40s, and I don't believe that he's going <laughs> to play until he's, when he's in his 40s. And plus, mm-hmm. uh, you don't, like, I don't know if a lot of people realize how old Pete Carroll is. Like, he's in his like late 60s, I believe. Um, and Russell Wilson just uh, is on the wrong side of 30 now at this point. So yeah. in two years yeah. when those first-round picks are even picked, and in five years when they're even valuable assets to the team, yeah. You know, it's not going to be – Russell Wilson will be like 36 and Pete Carroll will be in his 70s. He might not even be coaching that team anymore. So I don't blame them for trading for Jamal Adams now um, yeah. instead of waiting and hopefully you get Earl Thomas at a later pick because, I mean, if they pick in the 20s, 24 to 32 yeah. on as they mm-hmm. normally do, they're not getting Jamal Adams. Yeah, but the, the Seahawks are pretty good. On the Seahawks side, they're pretty good at drafting their second and third round picks. Like a lot of their yeah. foundation of their Super Bowl team, like Russell Wilson, third round pick, Richard Sherman, fifth yeah. round pick, I think. You know, um, Pete, yeah, Pete Carroll. Is, you're right on the Pete yeah. Carroll um, front. He's good at. It seems like he's good at developing the secondary. Yeah. That's kind of that was obviously you know the Legion of Boom. That was the backbone of their Super Bowl runs. Right, he's a secondary and, coach. Right. Um, 
Yeah, I uh, so apparently Jamal Adams says the plan is to retire in Seattle now. Uh, that, that's, what he, that's what he said. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like honestly, the Seahawks might not even like you said. The Seahawks might not even be intending to extend him because they just they're like we're just gonna play out these next two years that he has in his contract, and then I mean they're gonna have no money. They're probably gonna have like almost no money anyway. They're gonna they're mm. gonna if they're gonna have to pay Russell Wilson a bunch of money, Jamal Adams a bunch of money. Like I don't know. Yeah, but I, do you why think would you give like, up two you, first round yeah. picks if you're not going to yeah. extend him? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I agree with Wyatt. Like, do you think, do you think the Seahawks have a like enough of a chance of winning a Super Bowl in the next two years that it would be worth it for that that short term loan? Because yeah. I'm not convinced. Like, I feel like with this move, enough. this move is like a textbook. Like, we need to win now, yeah. and we need to win in the next two years. Move so, and I think like what's been missing since their Super Bowl run in like the last few years is that like the members of the Legion of Boom have slowly like gone away and because like we talked about like Pete Carroll's strength is like he was a secondary coach that's what he needs he needed like that elite safety and that elite piece in the secondary and he got that mm-hmm. I feel like that might be the missing piece to for them to get like back over the hump yes of I, what they've been missing Seattle's funny because they uh they had they had Cam Chancellor who retired early mm-hmm. they had yeah. Doug Baldwin who retired early they had a team that had talent and then they mm-hmm. kind of losing their talent so yeah it's and interesting that, to see what they yeah. do go ahead like, like, I think it relates to the fact that they keep just tossing away their first rounders. Like, they're, yeah. they're an yeah. aging team and they're not getting, like, their recent history in terms of first round picks. First of all, like, they just, like generally don't have them. Mm-hmm. When you look at 2013 to the 2022 draft now, they'll have had a first round pick in only four of the 10 drafts between those years. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's not sustainable. And of their last three first round picks, none of them become starters on the team. Their yeah. first round pick last year had three tackles and 150 snaps last year. Like, oof. So, like, I don't know. Like, I don't think you can right. keep, like, you can keep Let, this up. Like, maybe for another two more years. But, let's be real. But, yeah. They were going to sign a running back or a linebacker uh, with their first round. They're going to use their first round pick on a running yeah. back or a linebacker. Yeah. Like, that's what they always <laughs> yeah. do. They weren't going to, like, I mean, they weren't going to pick an offensive lineman or do anything like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I think it was the right move. What about for the Jets? How do you feel about the move for the Jets? Aiden, I'll throw it back to you again. Um, I, I do think it was the right move. Like I, I think this kind of means that the Jets aren't contenders this year. I'm not convinced that they would have been anyway. To be honest, that all depends on Sam Darnold. But um, Adams really was the the key of their defense. He like essentially did everything for their defense. Uh, he could you know he could pass rush. He could obviously you know um, you know play traditional safety role like. So that that's a big hit. Honestly, though, I think it'll. I'm I'm okay with the season being a wash where Adam Gase just leaves. Like like <laughs> I think like Adam Gase will get the blame for this. I think in general, given that Jamal Adams has specifically called him out as the reason, whether that was the reason or not. Um, I, so I think give it a, like a couple games if the Jets don't start out well. I think Gase is gone. I think that this he has escaped now. Where he he can say, "Well, I don't have Jamal Adams." And he forces his way out. You know? <laughs> yeah. Look what look what they did to this team. And but did you know that the Jet, the Jets haven't extended a first rounder since 2011? That they've traded them all away. It's well, absurd. That's crazy. They have traded Sam a bunch Darnold. Of them. Yeah, yeah, Sam Darnold might be the first one to get extended. You know, and <laughs> he's in his third year, and it's it's they're going into a rebuild with a young quarterback and a team that's now stripped of talent all around. Right in a pandemic year. Yeah. With a head coach, they don't even know is the guy. There's a lot of question marks yeah. with the Jets, so and I, mean, I can't marks. say that they're going to be good anytime soon. 
because I think but this, these still two real first questions. round picks, it'll turn them right. around. Just wait, just wait. Those twenty, that twenty eighth pick and that you know thirtieth pick. That's, that's, yeah, that's all we need. Great. It's not a full. I don't think it's a full stop rebuild though. They're getting better. I think they think they're getting better. They just know they weren't. They weren't within two years of the Super Bowl. So why keep Jamal Adams? Right. Get a haul within for him? two years of the Super Bowl. Right. Within two years, they're gonna have to extend Sam Darnold. And as if Adam Gase is the coach, and they still have a lot of question marks, and they don't have a Jamal Adams that'll help them kind of close out games, and because I mean, if Sam Darnold has to get in a shootout because they don't have defense, and now he's just throwing more picks, and he can't play a well-paced game of football, he's gonna lose confidence like he was against the Patriots when he said he was seeing ghosts. Like he's not, he's not. They're not setting him up or this team up at all for success. And I know that they drafted an O-line piece, but I mean. They got to do more than that because they don't sign it. They don't sign free agents. I know. And they trade away the talent that they do have. So what's mm-hmm. the real plan in in New York? Yeah, especially mm-hmm. if, like, even if he does perform well and progress, if the defense isn't yeah. there and he's just like lighting it up, but like the defense is letting in like right. points every drive. Like for him, like, what's the point of even staying with the Jets if he could go and succeed in with a competent yeah. franchise? Yeah. It would be interesting to see if Sam Darnold really did have a breakout year this year, how the Jets would react in the next offseason to, like, would they actually spend money for once on yeah. not just, you know, some old... He would have to money. overcome a lot, I think, yeah. to, to, for it to be considered yeah. a breakout year and that they would extend yeah. him. I think that yeah. he, they would have to have a winning record with the team, like I said, no talent. No talent at all. I know. But, uh, <laughs> more, more on uh, the NFL... If the Madden ratings didn't hurt enough feelings for NFL players, uh, the NFL pulled its own players and put together a top 100 list. Um, notable rankings include Patrick Mahomes at number four, Derek Henry cracking the top 10 at number 10, Kirk Cousins ranking just below Jimmy G, and Carson Wentz didn't even make the list at all. Bart, I know you're really uh, feeling this Kirk Cousins one. Did you think that they got the list right at all? I mean, okay, so let me preface this by saying... I'm not really in a position to dispute this because these are the players voting. And so like, how am I going to claim that I'm, you know, no better than them. But with that being said, uh, yeah, they kind of got it wrong. <laughs> um, I, I mean, okay. I don't know. I mean, it, it goes both ways. I think like a lot of it's right, but I mean, like you said, Patrick Mahomes at number four is just such a question mark. I mean, who in their right mind would actually prefer to take Lamar Jackson right now over Patrick Mahomes as like the, the cornerstone of a new franchise. I think that that blows my mind. Um, Aaron Donald, I think, is the only player who could even make a claim for the number one spot other than Pat Mahomes just because he's so dominant on the other side of the ball. But he wasn't even number one either. So, anyways, <laughs> Derrick Henry as high as 10, like you said, also surprised me. I, in fact, CM13, uh, or whatever, what's McCaffrey's number? Uh, <laughs> Christian McCaffrey, yeah. Uh, yeah, 33. Uh, George Kittle being that high also surprised me just because yeah. I feel like they just don't actually affect the game all that much. And then Derrick Henry again at 10. I love Dalvin. I love the Vikes, but Dalvin is not the third best running back in the league, especially with how injury prone he is. I don't buy that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers love at number 17. Get out of here. Players are praising him for what he used to be, not for what he is anymore. He is not that good. Ooh. He wow, is that's, not that good that's anymore. A that's take. a hot take. <laughs> you guys, are yeah. you serious? He's super efficient. Are you kidding me? He is so efficient. Yeah. Look, look at his numbers from last season and then they get back to me. Yeah, there was like, oh, he only had like four picks. There, yeah, yeah, but he, he was like middle of the road in, in all the volume stats. Yeah, but like he's, t- he, everybody was middle of the road. Not, everybody was middle of the road. A, Nobody had more than not, like 30 not, touchdowns last year. And he he's like not a game changer right? anymore. He's not a game changer anymore. He's, he's no. more of a game manager now. Jordan yes. Love, yeah. If, if, yeah, <laughs> I was about to say, 
I mean, I know their head coach just said that he expects to have Aaron Rodgers around for a while, but that, of course, doesn't make sense because they drafted Jordan Love. I don't think Aaron Rodgers deserves that spot. Like you wow. said, Kirk behind Jimmy G and behind uh, who else? He's behind Dak as well, which, yeah. y- you know, you know my thoughts on this. I talked about this a few weeks ago. <laughs> right. And then the wide receivers, lastly, the wide receivers were strange. Uh, Jarvis Landry was like really high up and he's like really average now in my opinion since he came to the Browns. DK Metcalf and Cooper Cup were also, all three of them were above Allen Robinson, who in my opinion is one of the best receivers in the league. The Bears just obviously don't get to use him fully because Mitch Trubisky is Mitch Trubisky, but I thought that was all kind of (laughs) strange. But yeah, I mean, like I said, the players are voting. They probably know more than I do, but some of these things were a little strange to me. Yeah, what did you guys think? It was a reactionary list. Like the fact that mm. Lamar is number one, and um, what was the other big one that was jumping out? Jimmy G, you know, up there, George Kittle, like those, Derrick Henry in the top ten, like those are all just reactions to what happened last year, really. Then so is it is it the top ten players? No, not really. It was like a weirdly unbalanced reaction, like the yeah. fact that your reactionary like impulses didn't lead you to like Pat Mahomes being the number yeah. one overall player is weird to me. Also, was well, because because G- it was the year of Lamar and during the Super Bowl. No, but it, but, but he, yeah, won the it felt Super like Bowl. the Super yeah. Bowl. And yeah. Pat was injured like during the year too, so like, yeah. he obviously didn't light it up stats wise. Also, within the nuance of the quarterbacks too, you guys have mentioned all these names, but Jimmy G being ahead of Dak to me is also weird. It's like, reaction- no. You know, why? No. Like, no. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Listen, Listen I'm not a Dak fan, but <laughs> no. like Jimmy G just literally made a Super Bowl. And that's it. He was not the driving force behind that Super Bowl team. He was no. such a game manager, and like Dak is not necessarily a winner. But if we're talking about like individual talent, I think Dak is clearly at this point wow. in his career the better individual yeah. talent. <laughs> like I'm I don't think close. <laughs> oh my. Why Dak I led disagree. the league in passing yards last year? Come on. Right, he missed the playoffs, Jared. Jimmy G made a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, but give Jimmy G any coach who's not Kyle Shanahan, and he's not even on this list. <laughs> he did have a coach that wasn't Kyle Shanahan, and he went and he he didn't lose. It, was he on the list though? <laughs> no, but he would have been if he was a full time starter. Game man, Jimmy G would have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Bill Belichick was trying to replace Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, with Jimmy G. Okay, but we've seen Bill Belichick work magic with quarterbacks too. That's yeah. also an edge case. Yeah. Yeah. Give me another coach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Yeah, I I agree. I don't know why George Kittle was in the top ten. Like yeah, like any yeah. tight end that you better be scoring multiple touchdowns. Like t- he had like four touchdowns last year. And and like he was like 85th on receptions and all that stuff, like. Yeah, but he, he can run block, Jared. You know, he he's a do it all tight end. So. Oh my god! Exactly. Me, if it's, <laughs> it's tight, if tight ends in the yeah. top ten, it's got to be Gronk status. Like you're you're scoring 11 touchdowns in the season, not four. He had five touchdowns, Jared. Five. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that changes. Over a thousand yards. Come on, huh? He had over a thousand yards. Yeah, but he was still like the 23rd in in yards. Like, uh, what's his Nick Kelsey had a better year than Kittle. So I don't I don't know why Kittle was up there really. Chiefs hate. There's like an anti-Chiefs like bias. Oh, that's players. what I'm saying. Yeah. I, think play, I do think that the players have an agenda when they put together this list and they yeah. pull it. Is that they they won't admit certain things about players who beat them and and I think everybody knows that Patrick Mahomes is that good. I don't know why. Like I don't think people hate Patrick Mahomes, but I don't mm-hmm. think that they. Like I think players know that they can't beat him and they want to put like Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson up there so that way they can they can say that they beat the number one and number two players on the that's list. another controversial one too I put Russell Wilson at number two as being generous too like I think he's a top yeah. 10 top he's 15 top 10. player yeah, yeah. but I, I think him in front of 
Mahomes, Aaron Donald, Michael Thomas, even like Stephon Gilmore, I think is generous to him in terms of like his game changing ability. Uh, again, I think he's a top ten, but I don't know if two is necessarily <laughs> yeah his correct position. I agree on that front. I don't know if I hate. I don't know. He was pretty transcendent last year. That's another question though. Is like, is this like purely them looking at one season, or is it like it's last they, season plus their whole? It's looking at last season. Only? They made yeah, they yeah made like Russell right. Wilson, well, Russell then, Wilson at two and Lamar at one and Mahomes at three or whatever. Yeah, but like four. yeah, but, but like, Tom Brady really being at though. fourteen and right. Aaron Rodgers being but, at seventeen. I agree with no, part they, of Aaron Rodgers. Some like they were not the they were not as good last year. That's just based on their career to an extent. Like that's people not willing to, it's, to let it's go. It's lip service. They, yeah. Aaron Rodgers gets voted in the Pro Bowl nowadays yeah. because it's just name recognition. Yeah. Same thing with players <laughs> polling for. Oh, my yeah. Also, shout out Quentin Nelson from Notre Dame, mm-hmm. highest ranking offensive lineman at 29. Hey. <laughs> also, <laughs> no respect for the Eagles. Yeah. The, their highest player was Fletcher Cox at 73, Oof. which I think is unfair to him. What do you? Ertz was 85. Carson Wentz didn't even make the yeah. list. What do you think about Carson Wentz not making the list? I mean, it depends. You know, I'm a Nick, like, I love Nick Foles more than I love Carson Wentz. <laughs> but, like, I think, like, Carson Wentz, in terms of, like, talent and quarterback, is at least equivalent to, like, a Dak. Yeah. And Dak was... Oh, <laughs> if he's not better. better. I, mean... I think he's better. And, like, so I don't know how you could leave him off the list, especially last year when he literally carried that team full of scrubs down the stretch to yeah. the playoffs. Would you say he's worse than Josh Allen and Kyler Murray? Like, probably not, right? No, yeah, definitely. Exactly. That's, that's definitely pretty not. sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. Do people just like hate Carson Wentz? Like, I know there was that article I, like know, two I years ago where they like, they probably don't people like actually that. hate Carson Wentz. <laughs> they don't like that the Sea or not the Seahawks that the Eagles won without him. Probably that like they didn't even need him that year. Basically, I, don't I guess know. I'm, yeah. I'm sure people hold was, that against him. There was also an article like a year or two ago. I remember where like apparently like the people in the locker room like did not like him. Like he was not well liked amongst oh. his peers. And I don't know how that Oof. ended up turning out, but it's interesting if that is also showing itself here. Because he got zero Eagles Eagle players. Eagle votes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eagle, Eagles players and let him in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm shocked that Todd Gurley though is at 51. After I don't know, this list just doesn't make any sense to me when I look at it. I think realist, like for me, if I were to put together a top 10, I would probably put Aaron Donald at one, Patrick Mahomes at two, and then start from there and move into Lamar yeah. and then Russell. And by the way, Christian McCaffrey is number 22. Not 33 or whatever the oh, 19 or whatever the other yeah, suggestion was. I don't even know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the tough with the thing with Mahomes for me is like how much of him is Andy Reid. That's the only reason I could justify him not being number one. Uh, not, when you throw like, 50 touchdowns in one season, though, yeah. like that's not the coach. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. that's talent. Yeah, but last <laughs> season he was at half of that, right? But because so he, he was hurt. Yeah. For, for a couple games, right? Three or yeah. three. Yeah. But still. Yeah. I mean, I mean it was like, a drastically different season. I mean, also that's like what I'm saying, like, though. If it's only report. last season, well, then this, the list doesn't make sense. If it was merging previous seasons, then it also doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I just don't think – I don't think Christian McCaffrey is a top seven player. I would put I would put him at 10 where Derrick Henry is. I like Christian McCaffrey – and I like that they put him in the Madden 99 overall club. Which, by the way, just a weird thing about Madden, is Lamar Jackson's not a 99, but he's their cover athlete. He was the MVP, and he's now he's the number one ranked player in the NFL. <laughs> and he's not a number 99 overall. 
<laughs> How stupid is that, right? What is but he, 97? I think he's 97 or something like that. Trash. Um, Jared, I do think George Kittle is a top 10 guy. Wow. I don't think why, Christian why do you is. Why do you think that? Like, what's the case for him? I mean, well, I don't think you can look at numbers in Kyle Shanahan's offense because they don't do a lot of – they do a lot of like short dump offs, and then he has to go and run run yards after catch. He's probably the best yards after catch tight end in the league, and I mean it proves that he has a thousand yards. He could he's probably one of the best run blocking tight ends in the league. He's the most complete tight end you could ask for. I think he's a guy that he would thrive in any system, not just because of Kyle Shanahan. Okay. I don't know. It begs the question of like how useful though are good tight ends. Yeah. As far as that's like, a fair if question. You're, if you're picking I a think team from very, scratch, you would I take him over. No, in the top ten, I don't know about. I that. think a lot of a lot but of. I, I don't yeah. think tight ends are so underrated in the NFL. They're probably outside of quarterback, one of the most important positions, I would say. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, no, that raises the question though, Bart. Of like, is this like, is this like, say, the NFL is a fantasy draft and you have to like pick, you know, like who you would, or is this like, or is it different from that? Because you'd you'd think that if this were that, then the pretty much every one would be a, the top 10 would probably be mostly quarterbacks, you know? Yeah. Like, like I agree that you wouldn't pick a tight end in the top 10 for sure, but I, I think it's like different than that. Do the players even know what their criteria yeah. was? <laughs> yeah, <that's what> I'm <laughs> Where's the rubric? Yeah. I want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this, this is why players don't, don't um, vote for MVPs. You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, I mean, they would have gotten their wish, wouldn't they have? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nick Bosa yeah. is way too high. Just saying that right now. Yeah. He has not I earned a top that. 20 spot. Well, Ohio State guy, too. Crossing yeah. the line. Turning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's good, but I'm not going to say. I mean, Chase Young probably got to break the top 10 then, then next year if Nick Bosa is already that high. You're going to book that? Oh, okay. <laughs> I hear I'll book this. Chase Young breaks the top fifteen according to player polls. Okay. He does, I'll say he ranks I'll Ooh. say he ranks higher than Nick Bosa next year. Ne- next Shoot. year. Wow. Yep. Okay. Okay. All right. Book that. Okay. January <laughs> or I guess August twenty twenty one. January. Yeah, no, I said January. That's like, that's like around <laughs> the, the, end of the, the regular season. The end of the regular season. I don't know why my mind went there initially. <laughs> okay. Well, Speaking of August, speaking of the fall, the SEC, Big Ten, and Pac-12 have all released or at least talked about their schedule. They announced that they're going conference only for the 2020 season. Uh, Last week we talked about Notre Dame possibly joining the ACC. They will join the ACC for a conference-only schedule as well. They have also posted theirs. Lucas, what does a conference-only schedule mean for the college football playoffs? Well, I think it means really good things for one conference in particular and that is the SEC, and it's because of the way the media and the college football world loves the SEC. (laughs) So if teams don't have to play any out-of-conference games, they can obviously only be judged on how they play in conference. So your record is primarily judged against, like, how good your conference is, and the SEC is always widely accepted and lauded as, like, the best conference. So I know there's some argument that the SEC is going to eat itself, but that doesn't really happen in a normal year in which like the best teams still only lose like maybe one game in the conference. And I think even teams that do have a loss in the SEC will be like, well, you know, every week was against the best football teams in the country. So one loss will accept it. So I can see there being an argument where a one loss SEC team 
gets in or sneaks in over an undefeated ACC Big Ten or 12 champion. No. Yeah, I think wow. so. Um, because there's no and because there's no real way to measure anything outside your own conference. Like normally, you know, like Alabama was going to play USC this year, and that was going to be a good out of conference game. And mm-hmm. but because those games don't exist, the only way you can measure strength of schedule is based on your conference. So inherently, the teams in the better conference, I think, will look better in the eyes of the college football playoff. Also, side note, it sucks that so many rivalries are getting lost amidst all of this. Clemson versus South Carolina and Florida-Florida State are two of the oldest rivalries in the country, along with Notre Dame not playing USC or Navy for the first time since, like, the Great Depression. It's also quite sad, so... I don't know. I'm glad Notre Dame gets a full football schedule and everything this year, and I'm happy they're playing, but not having USC and Navy feels like a weird season on that, too. But, yeah. main overall point, I think this helps the SEC. And, and other conferences perceived to be very good in the college football playoff conversation. I actually disagree. I think that because they're, you're not going to be able to play out, uh, out of conference, you can't judge them on strength of schedule because they have no choice. It's going to be judged on conference champions, I think. It's like group of five will be completely irrelevant, obviously. It'll just be, it'll be, yeah. just be the power five. I think this hurts the SEC, honestly. They have to play more okay. conference games now. I, I think they will cannibalize each other because they have to play more, like, there's so many teams that could just sneak in a win against. I mean, honestly, it's really looking like it'll be the Alabama, Florida, or Georgia that like actually have a shot. I don't think LSU has a shot, but they they could knock off one of those teams. And if there's a two loss SEC champion, and the other ones are one losses, uh, or like let, let's say like if the Pac-12 is undefeated, Big Ten has one loss, Ohio State has one loss, Clemson has one loss, Oklahoma has one loss. You're, like that's the teams. You're not going to put in a two-loss Alabama over that. I don't think. I don't know. I feel like every year I hear the argument that like Alabama's losses or LSU. Well, LSU didn't lose, but Alabama's losses are like whoever the SEC champion. If they lose the game, they're always like such good losses, and they always get the benefit of the doubt. And every year there's a conversation that if a team, if a non-conference champion is going to sneak into the playoffs, it's always a team from the SEC. Like I've never heard a conversation of like, or not never, but I feel like it's much more rare to have the conversation of like a one-loss Big Ten team sneaking in that's not a champion, or a one-loss Big 12 champion sneaking in, or non-champion sneaking in. So I feel like, because there's always that, already that established notion that like the SEC is like the best conference, that they'll get the benefit of the doubt for that mm. loss. No, yeah, I just think that because they don't have a barometer against the other conferences, you can't judge them on strength of schedule. It's just, are you, we're, if, if it turns out where like Alabama was 11-1, and one, and Auburn, who had like four losses, didn't make it in. Then like, and then like some other conference had like a three-loss champion. Then I could see it. But if they like all do what they're supposed to do, you know, like the ACC is gonna get boat raced by Clemson and, and probably and Notre Dame. You know, Clemson. It'll be between Notre Dame and Clemson. Ohio State's mm-hmm. gonna roll through the Big Ten, I think. And then Pac-12 and Big 12 mm-hmm. is really where it comes down to. I think I think ACC and Big Ten are guaranteed will be in. I think. Really? Yeah. But even with a loss, like if Notre Dame or, or Clemson. Yeah, like a one loss Notre Dame or one loss Clemson, like automatically would get in, I think. I don't Interesting. Know. What do you think, Bart? Well, so I I agree that they shouldn't be basing it so much on strength of the schedule, like you said, because they have no choice. But I think it'd be naive to assume that people won't just because of like traditionally yeah. how the SEC has fared and like what what they mean in college football. I think people will definitely give SEC teams the benefit of the doubt with a loss. No, not if they um, have if they have one more loss than the other conference champions, though. You can't justify putting them in. 
I mean, but I okay, think no sure, way they but, would do that. But if there's a one-loss team, which I think is very likely, I don't know why. I don't know that. It, yeah, I don't know that it's fair to assume that an SEC champion will have two losses. Oh, I. I mean, I. They're gonna play more conference games than they normally do. Like Texas A&M can mess stuff up. LSU can mess stuff up, dude. I'm telling you. Yeah, but I mean, like, uh, I don't know. I think you're right that the ACC will have the most of the, uh, like, Notre Dame and Clemson will be leagues ahead of everybody else. I yeah, the, the, the ACC is a terrible a football team. Just... Yeah, yeah. The ACC <laughs> yeah. is so bad. You don't think that'll hurt them, though? Like, let's just no, say, like, because they're going to win every game. Lose... No, but you don't think it hurts them in the fact that, like, maybe Alabama has, like, a fluky loss to, like, AM or something like that. But then they beat Georgia, they beat LSU, and they beat Auburn. And it's like they have this great schedule. And then, like, Notre Dame goes undefeated and wins the ACC, but it's like, well, who do they play? And I I could see, like, a Mm. one-loss Alabama champion sinking in over an undefeated ACC champion, especially if they're ACC champion. Yes. Absolutely. No, if they're they're all – I think they would both make it. I think think your argument holds up if if there's a one-loss conference champion in every conference – then I think your argument holds up, but if they're a loss behind, no, there's no. Okay, the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve won't make it at all. I'm taking them completely out of this discussion. There's really? no way that a Big Twelve champion, probably Oklahoma, and a Pac Twelve champion, whoever that might be, makes it in unless they are completely blowing out teams out of the water. Oh, what? Are you, you think an at large? I don't think so. Will... I think I don't think anyone has any respect for the Pac Twelve and the Big Twelve. And first, in the. Uh, Ever since that guy told Christian McCaffrey that he didn't vote for him because he he couldn't stay up long enough to watch their game, <laughs> <laughs> kind of proves a point to how people feel about the Pac-12. I think that the Big yeah. Ten, SEC, are the two strongest ones, and they're going to be like the leading force for the college football playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, if it's a Clemson or Notre Dame that's sitting out there that could that could fill in one of the other playoff spots, they're in. Then they're in. Yeah. But I I would I wouldn't be shocked if let's say let's say Clemson doesn't let's say Clemson loses one Alabama doesn't lose and another SEC like Georgia or LSU are sitting outside with one loss you might be surprised I wouldn't be too shocked if two SEC teams make it in to fill the spot instead of a conference champion really Mm, I really don't think so because I think I I mean because strength of schedule exists even in this Mm -hmm. because if you're looking if you can say I oh there's Florida's a contender LSU's a contender Texas A&M is in there um yeah, but, Alabama but they, is a good team. Auburn's a good team. Versus, if you're talking about Oregon, who have to play Washington, who might not really be a contender. Washington State, Oregon State, Utah, who is or is not a contender, depending on how next year goes. Like, yeah. it's di- you're talking about the conferences are different. They're gonna judge it off of that. Yeah, but and I, I think, think because Jared, they're different, you can't hold that against them though, because they have they have to play they have to play those guys. Like Jared, you can't you can't like use your you can't use your. Sorry, well, Lucas, speak, Jared. Yeah. I was, I would no, first. no, it's fine. It's true, it's true. No, I, I relented. I relented. My sentence interrupt the start of yours. <laughs> no, um, no, but Jared, I think you've already admitted that strength of schedule is going to be a factor because you're saying no group of five teams will make it at all. And if the argument was purely like, do they get their business done in the conference? No, but I mean, then, come like, on, UCF that's a different and... argument. That's a different is argument. I don't think it is. Yes, it I is. think it's inherently the same argument. We make, no, we've just the... accepted no, 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 that power because... five are better than group of five. We just accepted, accepted no. that. Yeah, so, but we've also on. accepted that the SEC exactly. is better than the, no. the, yeah. the Pac-12 no. and the Big 12 and the ACC. You accept, yeah. People know that. It's a known fact that the SEC is a better conference than the rest of the conferences. People talk about Alabama beating the Cleveland Browns years ago. That's how much <laughs> they respect the SEC and how, and how good that 
They, I mean, the SEC alone yeah. could college college football. <laughs> could carry college football. The SEC. Mm. Okay, but I will say this, though. If there was ever a year for the committee to make things easy on themselves, it would make sense for them to just go by conference champions, and that's it. Just one each. Like, There's no ambiguity that way, right? Because like, what else can the teams do to prove that they deserve it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I just don't think no, that probably. that will actually happen. Well, the, yeah, SEC it's just... Like, yeah. yeah, it's it's going to be interesting if you say you have you have five you know conference champions with one loss. If all things equal, who are they going to get rid of? Who are they going to? Yeah, if so. I mean, yeah, I I totally agree that they will do that if it's a one loss. If they all have one loss or they're all undefeated, but if if Alabama has two losses and everybody else has one loss, you can't. Then you're just saying your criteria doesn't matter. But they That's do all that you're all saying. the time. Yeah, they do that. No, they don't. All, all no, the time. they, they only pick, hold you follow. They, they only do that it to anybody. They only yeah. do that when there's like a three-loss Big Ten champion, or like Penn State won it with. When has there been a three the, loss? The years that Alabama went in, I believe Penn State was a two-loss champion, but Alabama only had one loss. If they all have one loss, and then this SEC team only has two losses, they're not getting in. I agree. Yeah, but if I the think... two losses are closer. No, I, yeah. to the end no, versus I, I, losing I, to like Duke or whatever, it's di- it's different. It's a it different is. loss. I 100 percent agree with Wyatt that if if Notre Dame loses by 15 points to Duke but runs the table, but Alabama loses by one point to LSU and loses by one point to Georgia, then they're putting Alabama in the playoff. Exactly. I don't think it's right. I don't think it's right. I want to make the argument. That well, but you're saying that, but you're saying playoff. that they're equal. That it's one loss versus one loss. No, no, no. I'm not. That's not what Two I'm saying. That's loss. what. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think the committee will do. I agree with you inherently, but what I think will actually happen in practice is that they value the SEC and the SEC's schedule so much that they would put in a two-loss Alabama over. So, so let me let me ask this then for the group. What's the yeah. right solution for the college football playoffs this year? Because there are – it's Pac-12, Big 12, Big 10, SEC. Am I missing one? ACC, yeah. So yeah. there's five conference champions. Do you do the five conference champions and then the next, the sixth best team, and you expand the playoffs this year, or do I you think... keep it with four and you you have to figure out how to lo- remove a conference champion? What's better? I, I like the, the champions by point differential and just take the first four. <laughs> 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 I, I mean, I I like that there's controversy over the fourth spot. So I, it's not fair. It might not be fair, but I, I like that there's controversy over it. Uh, I think it makes it pretty fun. Usually it yeah, shakes out anyway. controversy over the sixth spot too, right? Exactly. Yeah, probably. Yes. I, oh, there would be I, a ton. Oh yeah. I, I, in this also scenario, think in, yes. a year like, in a year like this too, where there's no way of measuring across conferences, I think <laughs> that one... No, I don't think there is because they'll never play each other. I know, you I'm have no idea. You. I'm agreeing. Yeah, yeah. So I said in a year like that, I think it might just be the 10 conference winners. Um make the playoff automatically all 10 10 you see it on 10 yeah. playoff teams what? how how do we yes. how do we go from there yeah yeah yeah, yeah robin <laughs> yeah like the, the, the mlb playoff had 10 teams i think honestly you put all 10 conference winners in a playoff because you have no idea really inherently whether like the mountain west is better than the big 12 this we year we have an idea i mean we have a good idea <laughs> I, I would place a bet i would like to place a bet right now against lucas that the, that the big 12 is better than the mountain west conference okay it could be but I just think that, like, because there's no way to really know, I think you just give every conference champion, all ten of them, an automatic bid into the playoffs and just see what happens. Like, this it's is already the, the gonna UCF be a... lobbyists and the yeah, <laughs> it is. I mean, it's it's already gonna be like a screwed up year as it is with everything. I'm like, why not just try something different like that? 
And then if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But I think, like, because there's no way to measure between the conferences, even though I think the only way they will come up with measuring between conferences is their own, like, inherent biases about what they think the conferences are like. Like, they'll be pro-SEC. I think the only fair way to do it in a year where they won't play each other is to just give every conference winner an automatic berth, see them, see how it goes. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to push I'm back on the whole that. 10 playoff Dude. thing. There's no way. <laughs> There's you, do, no you do the five conference yeah. champions, During, and then yeah. you add the sixth one in there so that you can put in two L- two SEC teams and throw Auburn, LSU, or Georgia in <laughs> oh there my to do something. Because it's not going to be another – unless it's – I mean, maybe Penn State. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not going to be another of the – a team in another conference. Yeah. And that would also add two weeks to the season when they're probably going to try to get it done as fast as they possibly can. But more money, too. (laughs) You never know. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't go to the athletes. Yeah. 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 Spoilers. Yeah. It doesn't go to the athletes. (laughs) Yeah. I think, though, I think because it'll be equal on the conference, I think that the conferences will be a lot more equal. They won't worry about strength schedule and all that stuff. That um, leagues that are top heavy, that's why I think the SEC could get left out. Because leagues that are top heavy, they don't have to play anybody, will just go undefeated or one loss against like their only good team. Like Pac 12 has a shot. USC could be good. Really? Oregon's supposed to be good. And then that's their only one game they have to win, really. Then they just play a bunch of other people. Like if you lose your games, then, you know, obviously it's on you. But then. Okay. I'm going to book this right now. <laughs> if they, as the current college football playoffs stand, uh-huh. no Pac 12. Our Big 12 team will be in it. There's no way. So it'll be Big 10, Disagree. ACC, and then two SEC teams? You think or two, two SEC 10. teams? Or two Big or 10 two Big teams. 10. Who knows? Okay, you can book that. I, I really I'm going to book that. Teams. Can I put it in your sen- with yeah. wide on that one? I think double book. Like, in your in your scenario, are there, two, be, te- are there two SEC teams that come out with one loss? SEC, Mountain the, West. That's it. That's all. That's all there is. And Clemson. <laughs> yeah. All right, but, but book that, and we're gonna move on to the hot <laughs> yeah. take of the week. Uh, I believe, as the biggest baseball fan, I think on this podcast, <laughs> that the Dodgers no. versus Astros no. scuffle, if you can call it that, I say that with air quotes, um, is good for the game of baseball. And I say you got to give the people what they want to see. I think you want to see some emotion and you want to see a little bit of personality from these players. You want to see some players trash talk. You want to see them kind of get into it, especially a rivalry like the Dodgers and the Astros right now because the Astros cheated the Dodgers out of a, out of a World Series. This isn't Grandpa's game of baseball anymore. It's moving <laughs> on to a modern space. And, I mean, what else could you want from baseball other than a little bit of grit? You know, you don't have to have players being all friendly like the NBA. I mean, they can they can kind of go at each other a little bit, especially for a game that polices itself so heavily after Manfred failed to police the game himself on the Astros. What else do you want them to do? They're going to throw pitches at each other. They're going to talk to each other. And Joe Kelly getting suspended for eight games for not throwing a fist, for not hitting anybody, is ridiculous. The game of baseball has to get real and move on to this more modern space and let these players have a little bit of emotion and personality. Yeah. Jared, I know yeah. you disagree with me most, so I'm gonna let you go first. Yeah, you're you're definitely you're very wrong about Joe Kelly being the Joe Kelly suspension thing. He should have been suspended for eight games. When you throw no. at someone's dude, when you throw at someone's head, are you kidding me? When you throw at someone's head, you could end their season, you could potentially end their career. 
Like that that behavior should not be in baseball. Like throwing at someone's head is completely wrong. Just like you don't want OB just like you don't want OBJ going and like clocking Josh Norman with his head. Like everybody, you know, like that's going to be in the game. I I I I like the trash talk and all that, but like in trying to trying to inflict pain on someone like I don't want I don't go to I don't go to games to watch fights. I I, I want to see the game happen. So yeah, he should have been suspended. You yeah. you can't throw up people's heads and and get away with that. Yeah. That's dangerous. Wyatt, yeah, Wyatt wants MLB games to take place in a cage, like uh, MLB <laughs> Fight Island edition. <laughs> no, I, I agree with Wyatt though. But Jared, he didn't. He didn't hit him. He didn't like but, but nothing he he didn't gonna happen. But, but, but that he... was the that was the whole point of it. Was just you make it, you know. But you if don't he doesn't get out of the way, if he doesn't get out of the way though, that's hitting him in the head. How many players have realistically like? How many players' careers have realistically stopped from getting hit in the head? Marlon Bird. Honestly. Marlon Bird got hit in the face. And the career never was the same after that. So one. (laughs) Oh, my God. One is too many, though. Come on. You can't. Inflicting pain on someone, that's dumb. Come on. But people, Jerry, people get hit all the time, get thrown at and hit all the time, and they don't get suspensions like this. People get slid into in the ankles. People people have thrown at people's heads before, and they've not gotten this type of suspension. This this is the longest, in terms of percentage of season, this is the longest suspension not given to a steroid or off the field of rising. No, this is. I think this is equivalent to like 22 games or something like that is what I I remember Mm -hmm. reading. That's way too much for, for just having a little scuffle. Especially, they have to understand the context. It's the Dodgers versus the Astros. People are going to throw oh. the the ball. People, the Astros are going to get hit. It's lethal. Before though. the season it, started, Jared, I, before the season started, I told them, I said, I would throw the hit or I'd get hit. Whoever <laughs> wants to pay me more. Like, everyone <laughs> knew it was coming. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it was... it's ridiculous to, to spend Joe Kelly for eight games for, for, I'm gonna say nothing because he didn't do anything. Oh my god! And this was inevitable because of the because of how little like the MLB did in the first place to punish the Astros. So that makes it fair. That makes it fair. It does make it fair. This was gonna happen. This is all the MLB's fault in the first place because if they had actually like put down a serious like punishment to the Astros, if they had suspended players on the Astros instead of people on other teams who are you know maybe trying to make them pay, you wouldn't have seen as much retribution try and happen. Like, exactly. I think the general attitude is that the Astros have not, like, they've been smug about it and they haven't actually gotten penalized for it. In terms of the players, they that, have not really. been. I don't but know if we can speculate that they wouldn't, wouldn't have thrown at them. No, I think, I think it definitely would not have been that. I think that they, if, you, if you take away the championship and you maybe take away the MVP and you seriously penalize the Astros for cheating because at the end of the day they cheated – and they got a little slap on the wrist, and they're still war champions. They still get to keep their rings. They still get to tell people that they won a championship. He still has an MVP. I mean, like, nothing happened to them. They got timeout, and then that was kind of it. They, who cares they lost a pick? Who cares they got fined a million dollars? They're a freaking major sports team. A million dollars means absolutely nothing to them. Yeah. But does getting hit in the head baseball, with a 100-mile-an-hour fastball, that's not fair. Losing your championship? What's so up? We're talking about fair. There's nothing. None of this has been fair. We can't talk. You can't bring up fair into all of this because it's not fair in the first place. They didn't even say sorry. If you, the Astros apology, they were like, "Well, it may or may not have affected the way the outcome." Of the-. They cheated. They 100% cheated. Wow. I I don't. Know. You, you just can't. You have to. You you can't let someone. I you can't let someone throw out someone's head possibly damage their life 
like beyond baseball and not suspend them for it need it needs it needed to be severe. They just can't set. I'm not saying I'm example. not saying I'm against the trash talk and all that, but like throwing at someone's head, you should be suspended for that for a long time. If you had That's thrown dangerous. at like a different part of his body, would you feel differently? Like if you had, yeah, like, you got if you if you like hit that? them, you have to hit them in the back, not in the freaking head, man. But That's so like one bad. of the pitches was behind. I forget what the second one was, but one of them was well both. behind him. Like, yeah, but that's because he ducked. But then the other one was to Correa. It was going straight to his head. He ducked. Both, both of the players ducked to get out of the way. It would have hit their head. I don't remember who the other player was, but it was Correa and someone else. I think you're way off. I think, be, I think, base, I think baseball has failed, it, has failed itself time and time again outside of just this. I mean, we, we haven't even – we're not even talking about the corona and how ridiculous – <laughs> the the MLB has taken this entire thing. Discussion. They have zero plan. They have zero thought. They don't advertise their players. They don't have any personnel in the game. Players get hit for much less. You're getting way. You're you getting home, so far you off home, topic, Wyatt. Right no, now. if you, I'm talking just baseball. I'm just, I'm speaking from my heart here, Jerry. Let me go. <laughs> baseball, they, people hit a home run. They bat flip, and then they get a ball. They they still throw a balls at somebody's head for much less. I mean. It happens. Yeah, I'm. I'm saying that's wrong. And they get. And maybe Joe Kelly should have got thrown out of the game. Okay, but eight game suspension in a sixty game season, get real. Oh my god. Get real. But I think you're overemphasizing how much we want to see fights in sports. Like I don't watch college football because I want to see a, a fight break out. It's because it's it's an exciting product. Yeah, but they I'm not. I don't want to see. All people, they did like, is they got really want, close and started trash talking. I don't want to see wasn't people. There was no fight. I'm not. I'm not advocating for fights. I didn't see a fight. Then what are you advocating for? I don't know what you're advocating for. I mean, I think if he had thrown the ball at his head and he had walked away, they wouldn't have done anything. But no. because of the trash talk, they're like, "Oh, it's intentional. He's trash talking," and blah blah blah. They're soft. And we'll be soft, dude. The trash talk is fine. I'm not. The, and Apparently I don't not. Anybody's arguing with that. The trash talk is fine, but throwing at someone's head is not fine. Well, Joe Believe Kelly was the only one suspended. A bunch of people were suspended for trash talking. But... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Bart, close the show. I'm done. <laughs> oh, I'm so tense now. I don't know. All right. Yes. Thank you all for listening once again. Uh, please, as we always say, please engage with us on social media. We, as you may or may not know, we've branched out into YouTube. Please watch our clips. Share everything everywhere. Um, tell all your friends. We're trying to drive drive those data points up. So please watch everywhere, engage us everywhere, and listen everywhere. Thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed the episode, and we'll see you next week.